0: Sportsnet five nine in the fan Ben Ennis Brian Gunning. yeah the, the the boys them being the Toronto Maple Leafs back in town
1: the boys in blue next gen game mm. tonight so probably the boys in black then yep wearing the the Beaver jerseys great the turn inside out that my kids want so desperately just do that if you're if we're gonna be ridiculous here just have them wear a yellow leaf on their crest instead inside out jerseys why not sure God I, I'm not necessarily just against cater that. to me. Please, this is it so hard? Mm. Uh,
0: next gen game tonight against the Winnipeg Jets and Connor Hellebuck. And it will be Ilya Samsonov in net for the Toronto Maple Leafs. It will be John Tavares centering the second line. He riding a career long now, eight game pointless streak. And boy, he's come close and he's peppering shots on mm-hmm. net. And I, test would tell you that he's coming around a little bit. Do you, do you know when his last
1: even-strength goal was scored, Brent? I have a feeling I'm going to hate this answer. <laughs> December 23rd. Ah, it's only a month ago. A month ago. <laughs>
0: it's the last time the $11 million man... He of, what, 45?
1: How many goals did he score that first year? With? 47. Yeah, it was 47. With the martyr point. Right. just have Doug McLean screaming that at me, ringing in my ears still. Yeah, and, and he scored
0: a bunch of goals last year, 18 of them on the power play, and that's part of it. But And, yeah, this does not include power play goals. But, yeah, that's a, even strength goal doesn't have one since December 23rd. I mean, we had Nick Kiprios on last week mm-hmm. who, like, dr- it seemingly dropped a bombshell on us when he said, like, ah, uh, Maybe the Leafs, you're going to try the William Nylander at center thing again, which, mm-hmm. whoa, in the middle of the season, what a mind-bending thing to do. It was kind of mind-bending at the time, when they decided to do it uh, in training camp for the second and a half. And then
1: they got out the men in black stick and were like, Phew, never happened. Right. What are you talking about? And that allowed... Nylander at center, who said that was happening? That allowed
0: William Nylander <laughs> to get off to a career-best start to his season from a points perspective. Um, but no doubt having the center responsibilities yeah can alleviate some of the pressure can allow somebody perhaps like a John Tavares with a limited foot speed at mm-hmm, the best mm-hmm. of times to 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 be his best self now sure. the options are not exactly fruitful with the Toronto Maple Leafs here up Mm-mm. the middle there's i mean Max Domi wasn't brought here Anticipating to play center for this team, I don't think. I don't think Brad Drew living when he targeted him. Certainly
1: not second line center.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean Pontus Holberg. He has experience up the middle, no doubt. Okay, you doing that
1: top six Pontus? I feel one way about it on the wing. I feel a very different. way I mean, about he's it already. I mean, he's he's been top six Pontus yeah. for a while yeah, here no, on now. the wing. That's a
0: that's one thing. How how much longer does this have to continue before you start thinking about like the nuclear option? Like I don't know if it's William Nylander up the middle. Mm. Um, Kipper's been
1: throwing out Marner as well. For what it's worth,
0: right? And I don't know. And certainly, like yeah, Mitch Marner does feel like the more two hundred foot player. But just the the size, it just it feels like a, a harder sell for me um, uh, on Mitch would Marner. Agree. Yeah. But anyways, like. How much longer does this have to go before you you really start thinking about
1: doing something drastic? So just to clarify where you're at, because I think people hear nuclear option. It's like John Tavares is not getting bought out. No, no, no. John no. Tavares is not going on waivers. But no. when you say nuclear option, you mean it's instead of, him off right the middle ins- to the wing. Because the, I will say, and I understand it's just you know a feature of the team and the way it's been built that he's the only other center of consequence. So that's why it hasn't been the case. But. It's not been lost on me, and guess what? He'd never say a peep about it to anyone. I don't even think he would admit it to himself, but I bet it's not lost on John Tavares that every time the top line gets loaded up, he gets to hang back, and those guys get to go out there and play all the hockey together, and Nylander, yep. and Marner, and Matthews. Now, the th- I think that you have to try something to shake this up if this goes on too much longer, but much like the All-Star break was the worst possible timing for Samsonov, best possible timing for the Leafs and John Tavares. And I don't just say that is, eh, he's going to go put his toes in the sand in Cabo. I don't, I don't know if he's going to do that. He's probably going to go like put his toes into those like weird shoes that weightlifters wear that have like individual feet. That's probably what John Tavares is going to do. So I don't think it's going to be some restful reset or anything along those lines. But I think that this is a guy who has a play fallen off a bit for sure. Is there a diminished version of himself for sure? But, he also is not as bad as the results appear to be right now. So I just think you kind of get through these two games. You hope goaltending is part of the story here. Maybe one goes off as buttoning because it's amazing for a guy like that, how much that can change things. And then you kind of reassess where you're at after the all-star break. I think that's the way you have to go about it. I'm not doing anything super drastic. These two games against the Jets, and if you're not doing it tonight, mm-hmm. the idea of saying, well you know what, we got last change at home no, let's not bother to try it there let's throw William Nylander at center on the road, where right. the Jets can match no, that's not happening, so I just think you're getting through these two games at least and then kind of reassess them where you're at.
0: Yeah, and, and Sheldon Keefe uh, I think is loath to to try anything too drastic in the middle of the season. This guy's trying to win hockey games right now mm-hmm. trying to make us all seem stupid for trying to fire him um, last week. Mm-hmm. And, I and, okay, I have limited expectation that William Nylander up the middle would work, and yep. I think so does he. Well, I think it's a different conversation this offseason, even with the one more sure. year at 11 million bucks, and we can clearly see that even last year when the counting stats weren't as depressed as they're going to be at the end of this season, they went out and got Ryan O'Reilly for the express purpose of, like, Yep. Yeah, allowing it. Uh, John Tavares at times to to play on the wing, so they 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 knew that this day was coming, and yeah, they, because of cap considerations, yep. because of the available field of uh, available players and free agency, they haven't been able to do it. I think it's a situation that they they revisit this offseason.
1: Yeah, it definitely is, and you know, I know that the you know the cap is always it's never easy to work around, but. Let's just say, and I, I don't think this is a I don't think this is a guarantee, specifically with Max Domi. But let's just say Bertuzzi and Domi aren't back next year. That's an eight and a half million dollar centerman you can get if that's the way you want to go about it. I know that this team has had enough problems with going out and being top heavy. And maybe the last thing you need to go and do is find your $8 million center or something along those lines. But if you have decided at the tail end of this year, that Tavares at center, you're going to do the Stamkos thing with him where he's a winger who takes draws. You have the ability, ability to do it now would that hamper other parts of your team yes would it affect your ability to go get another goalie yes a defenseman for sure but you have the option to do that the one thing I'll say about the possibility of bumping Tavares up with Matthews and Marner or you know let's say Marner was the centerman and it's Matthews and Nylander I actually do think that kind of matters for the purposes of the discussion because I don't think you want to turn William Nylander into a four checker by any means that's not what you want him to do you want him to be carrying the puck but Part of the reason why the guys on that line have thrived with be it Matthews and Marner, be it Matthews and Nylander is that that other guy is usually the first guy in and the most successful versions of those players have been guys who get in on the forecheck. They don't have to be burners, but they use some element of speed to get in there, start winning battles, create cycles. Once you're in the zone, John Tavares is the perfect cycle player to play with those two. And guess what? He's going to be able to turn over pucks and get pucks to those guys. This isn't me saying it can't work. But I don't know. It's a better ver, It's a better option for John Tavares to be there than it is for Matthew Nyes. But I don't know that you necessarily get a more effective line yeah. if it's Matthew Nyes or... Pon- okay, I think it's more effective if it's Tavares over Pontus Holmberg. Sorry, Pontus. But even, like, your Cali Yarncrocks of the world who have given you an honest shift up there. So I think if you do it, it is a short-term solution to kind of reinvigorate Tavares. I don't think... That's his long-term home. And that's not to say it can't be on the wing, but I just don't think the best version of him as a winger is the winger that has worked best with Matthews and whoever the other winger has been throughout his time in Toronto. It's Hyman, it's Bunting. Those Mm -hmm. are the guys who have worked kind of best with him. Even like a guy like Connor Brown, who, I mean, completely different version of the player he is now, he would get in there and kind of win the odd battle, get Matthews the puck. So that's the thing I keep kind of going back to with Tavares on the wing there. It's that, yes, he would benefit, but I don't know how much the other two guys would. God, when's Connor Brown going to score a goal? God. God. The Oilers are hoping never because they already have to pay them all that money uh, on the... Bo- it's like the Oilers are an NFL team with the way they have the cap going. It's just all bonuses years down the line. Yeah. Uh, it, it, like Corey Perry has a bunch of bonuses in his deal. He gets like 50K if they win around. round. Uh, so, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, sad for Connor Brown the way his career has turned out since leaving Toronto, quite honestly. Yeah, not ideal. All
0: right, uh, so back to the conversation we were going to have last segment, but then uh, we got sidetracked with our discussion of Coors Field. Yeah, uh, really, just Todd and, Helton. And, we and were so whatnot. excited. And, yeah, the sideburns of uh, of Joe Maurer. <laughs> uh, how many future Hall of Famers currently are playing on Toronto sports teams across all of the sports? Let's start with the guy that we were just talking about, John yep. Tavares, who... Yes, registered his one thousandth point this season. Mm-hmm. He is at four hundred and thirty nine career goals. He's going to get to to, to five hundred. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's only sixty one away. He's he's not even Martin Jones thirty four. He's no. He's the he's a, just a, a young buck at thirty three years old. He's the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and like obviously, they have any modicum of postseason success. I think all these guys are going to get the thing. in, and but and. It is a Hall of Fame, too, and no offense to the other markets in the National Hockey League that aren't Toronto. Mm-hmm. no place is toronto it's mm-hmm. it's yeah it's it you play here, you have success here, which he has had from a a point statistic in the forty seven goal season mm-hmm. and and yada 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 yada, yeah, he's going into the Hall of Fame
1: <sighs> oh I, but you don't think so i don't I think he will go in. he's gonna win with five hundred goals he's gonna there he's going to go in. I don't know that without the cup, it is a hard and fast lock. Mm. I just think that the, I, and I've made this case about other guys. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say John Tavares is Curtis Joseph, but when that, when that name comes up, I mean, sorry, you never won a Vesna. Like you're a goalie and they have an award just for you and you never won it. John Tavares, you know, I, I wonder if when they're debating the hall of fame, a case and there's not a single major award to be pointed to, when you say, uh, what about the Art Ross that he should have had because he was telling the refs three or four times throughout the year, sorry, guys, that's not my second apple. Give it back. Give it to somebody else. That stuff matters, man. But you nailed it. I kind of feel like the answer on this Leafs team, the, without a cup, the, the line I would set is one and a half. And with it, it's four and a half, yeah. which is crazy to say.
0: No, I, I, here's the thing. Even without the cup, though, like the counting, st- well, like Auston Matthews
1: is going in. Like, yeah. Well, that's the one. Obviously. Obviously. like That's why when I texted you this topic, I said, it's obviously one. Mm-hmm. How many more? Yeah, I think it's obviously Matthews. And I think, I think I mean, the- Marner will probably be a Hall of Famer as well.
0: Mitch Marner might be the franchise leader in points like as early as a couple of seasons down the line. And and I know in the city he won't be revered if they have no postseason success. But, like, you can't deny a guy who's the most storied franchise in the history of the sport, the leader in points. Like, if he re-signs in Toronto and he doesn't have a
1: career-ending injury, Mitch Marner's getting in. I don't disagree. I just—and God, like, hey— go win a cup one day and prove me wrong so we never have to have this discussion. Mm -hmm. You said it. Sorry, it's a Hall of Fame. Matters more in Toronto. If the the Sedin twins never win a cup in Vancouver, and guess what? They didn't. Yeah. It's like, well, they should have won one. Yeah, oh well. Dead and gone, and now we just sit here and revere them for, forever. For I it.
0: mean, they made a Cup final, so it, like it's hard to compare their postseason success. Yes, to and you're right. We, we all
1: Toronto. revere the Sharks for making their Cup final, uh, yeah. right? Okay, no, no, we don't necessarily. So I think that m- much like that is a thing that some people, me, hold against the Sedin's in terms of their greatness or whatever, but. A lot of people go, ah, yeah, but the the trophies together and they're the twins and look at the counting stats mm-hmm. and they were great players. And guess what? They deserve to go in the Hall of Fame. I'm not saying they don't, but the, you know, the scarlet letter of not winning a Stanley Cup, it's one shade of red in every other market. And it's a true scarlet letter in Toronto. Like, I think those guys will mm. wear the burden of it more than a Sadine team would, or quite frankly, Ma- Matt Sundin. I mean, like what, how, well, how much think, do we hold it against him? I think the I mean, yeah, there's definitely some element of that. I think the I think the other I think the piece of it with Sundine that, you know, may that isn't true for these guys is that and this is this is obviously I'm painting with a super broad brush here. It's like Sundine was was one of one. He didn't come up with Cobberley and McCabe. Like it wasn't this. Okay, here's the nucleus. They're here. They're ready to win. It's No, you traded a franchise icon for Matt Sundin, and somehow it's like we always talk about how LeBron James, the greatest thing he ever did is never really being involved in a scandal. It's like the greatest thing Matt Sundin ever did is be beloved as a Leaf after being traded for Wendell Clark. Okay? But it was just him. It was just Matt's. And that's not to take anything away from McGilney and Roberts and Tucker and McCabe and Mm -hmm. all the goalies and the guys we could talk about on those teams. But – Mats was a one of one when he was on the team. He was seen as the true superstar by himself, head and shoulders above everybody else. Goalies, again, slightly different. That's not the case. And Matthews is head and shoulders above these other guys, but they're all all part of a young core together, and Tavares is part of that as well. So I think that's why it's slightly different. All right. What about Morgan Riley? Well, that's why I said four and a half, because <laughs> honestly, playoff mo is a thing. Yeah. And I'm not saying it will happen, but if, if, and I, I, I don't believe I'd, I'd make it. Like, I actually believe I'd suffer like a coronary in the lead up to this. But heaven forbid the Leafs with this group win a Stanley Cup. I think the Conn Smythe winner is probably the goalie or or one of the forwards. But I'm not ruling out it being Morgan Riley. Mm-hmm. He's been incredible for this team. And if they win, That's, he, the he, legend he's, of playoff Mo. He's think, the one who needs it. Well, I, yeah, him absolutely. and Newlander. Yeah. Nylander didn't start becoming this guy until too late in his career. The counting stats just aren't going to be quite at the same place as they are for the other three. I
0: I think it's going to be, I mean, uh, Matthews is, we don't even need to have the Matthews conversation. But yeah, I think the counting stats are going to be too overwhelming to keep Marner out, even if they keep stubbing their toe in the postseason. Like, I
1: think you're right.
0: It's just Mm. hard for me to get there, but you're right. And yeah. Neilander needs the postseason success, but nobody needs it more to make their case than than uh, Morgan Riley. Well,
1: especially because Morgan Riley isn't going to have what John Tavares already has and Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews hope to have, and that's international success. hmm Right? Like, Tavares has say what you will about the lack of postseason success and it's the hockey hall of fame. He gets a point to the Olympic golds. Okay. Like I know he was hurt for most of those (laughs) tournaments that he was part of, but he still gets a point to them and you know, the world cup of hockey. I don't think that carries any weight. We'll see what happens with the Olympics, but that's the other part of it. Unfortunately for Riley, I don't think he's making team Canada decor. Like, we kind of he's kind of the he's in that sweet spot of age of the guy who got hurt the most by this era of no best on best because there's just there's more waves coming and it's hard to hard to make it not say he couldn't be on the blue line but i don't think he's a lock when can when canada goes to the olympics in two years far from it
0: uh for the blue Jays, i think there's one guy and like okay maybe vlad can you know reach those heights that he reached in mm-hmm. 2021 but at the the bar for entry as a first baseman, a slugging one, oh is my God. certainly higher than what we've seen outside of the one year where he got to play half his games in Dunedin uh-huh. and Buffalo. So put him aside. Yep. Don't think so. I'm not. Nope. I think people kind of sleep on the career that Bo Bichette has already had at 25 years old. This yep, is the guy impressive. that has the third most hits in all of Major League Baseball over the last three years, behind only Freddie Freeman, who is getting into the Hall of Fame, yes. and Trey Turner, who could very well be
1: getting into the Hall of Fame. Quickly, you want to talk about cool players. Trey Turner, very top of the list. Yeah, well, the, 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 uh, the, the gif of the slide. It's yeah, so sure. cool. Yeah, and and having a baby nine months to the day, he signed a quadrillion-dollar contract. Also very cool. And then having a quadrillion-dollar
0: contract, playing, being the the star of the World Baseball Classic, and then having a horrible regular season, and then resurrecting your season. uh, The people of Philadelphia, of all places, cheering you on when you're having a bad year in the first year of a giant contract. Still don't believe that happened. Anyways— Nobody in the American League has as many hits as Bo Bichette over the last three years. And he's turned himself into a guy that is more than a passable defender at the most premium defensive position in all of Major League uh-huh. Baseball. So if he keeps this up, that that guy's going into the Hall of Fame. And especially if, like, I know this is a nightmare scenario to think about but considering he has not yet signed an extension with the Blue Jays, mm-hmm. and if he doesn't sign one this year, he's probably not going to sign one in the offseason. Yep. One more year of, uh, of team control uh, before he hits free agency. Mm-hmm. Like if he ends up in a bigger baseball market, because this is the biggest hockey market, obviously, yep. and you come here and the bar to be in the hall of fame is lower mm-hmm. because you are a very famous, famous. hockey player yeah. when you play here. If he ends up, God forbid, a cover years, baby ears. in New York, oh. like playing for the Yankees. Oh, and 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 is the yeah is putting up these similar statistics. I yeah,
1: call him Bo that, Baseball. I
0: bet yeah. that that guy is on pace to be a Hall of Famer. I th- I think you know we think of Bo Bichette. Oh, he's a he's a great player and he's a streaky guy. Mm-hmm. No, that that what you're watching. That's
1: what it looks like.
0: Is a Hall of Fame player. Now, can he keep it up?
1: do it for 10 more years.
0: Sure, Hard to do, right? but yeah, I mean, to do what he's done for the last three years, that's that's the one guy, because it's not George Springer as much as he's had the postseason success and he's been a World Series MVP. The counting
1: stats just, are just not there. They've tailed off so much. The yeah, and year.
0: it feels like there's not going to be he a played. second half of the, the career. It's, Kevin Gossman, God love him. He hasn't won a Cy Young and also his career only became, he only became Kevin Gossman like three years ago. Yeah. So, and Jordan Romano, he's, I, I think, underrated as a closer in this city. City, but man, Billy will, Wagner I can't get say, in,
1: I will, I will, run, I will jump across this table to fight you if you're putting Jordan Romano. No,
0: in the hall we're of not. <laughs> Here's the thing: like Alec Manoa, you could have made the case was on pace to do that, and and I guess if he can get back to that at his age and and and
1: win a Doc, Cy Young or Doc two, Doc was a Hall of Famer, right? Like, like yeah. I'm not saying he's going to be Doc. I want to be clear, but the idea of somebody being lost in the wilderness and coming back and mm-hmm. refining it, like doesn't happen all the time. It almost never does, but it's literally happened here. Mm-hmm, yeah.
0: No, there, there's nobody else, though, that you can even squint and and think of as a Hall of Famer outside of, I guess, Vlad. But, like, yep. again, like, we've seen it once, mm-hmm. and outside of that, we haven't
1: seen it again. And everyone on the Raptors is seven years old, so yeah. we can't have that conversation Well, I them.
0: mean, yeah, like, the idea is that Scotty Barnes yeah, yeah, is a sure. Hall of Fame okay. player, and I, the, the Basketball Hall of Fame is, is a
1: little more dubious. Yeah. I, I will say I, I, I should have looked into this, I'm not going to pretend to know what the like bar of entry is for executives, but I can I can see a world where Masai Ujiri is a mm-hmm. basketball Hall of Famer just given all of the things he has done in the game, Giants of Africa. Like when Masai Ujiri retires, there's going to and he wouldn't take the credit for this and it's weird cuz executives like don't retire. They just become Pat Riley eventually, yeah. but it's like when we're when eventually the day comes to have a conversation about Masai Ujiri or his place in the game or whatever, yeah the Raptors championship and swinging the Kawhi trade and fighting with Dolan will all be parts of it but basketball without borders is good and I don't want to give him all the credit for that but it's like he deserves a ton of it and when you look at the guys who are going to end up in the Hall of Fame who have connections to that that's going to be such a huge part of his legacy so I I started this conversation when I pitched it to you I was thinking about players Uh but I think you got to put you got to put your in there as well. Just I mean, the 100%. Raptors championship is such a one-off, but then all the other stuff he's done in the game as well. No, I agree wholeheartedly. Thank you. Uh, well done. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good
0: topic. All right. When we come back, <laughs> thanks. Uh, you sound so surprised. <laughs> uh, you did a good thing. Thanks, good man. When we come back, uh, how many goalies would you be willing to bank on signing to a multi-year contract? I mean, one of them is in town tonight. Is on the other side of the the rink. It's 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 not. Uh, Ilya Samsonov, sorry. Uh, It's uh, Connor Hellebuck. Um, And also, the Milwaukee Bucks, despite being second in the Eastern Conference, have fired Adrian Griffin, their head coach. Do they deserve credit for acting in such a rash manner? That and more next as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.
1: Fresh views on everything in the National Football League. It's the Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Good morning, Joe. at five nine. The ben, it's Frank Gunning. You will not see Connor Hellebuck tonight. If you're rooting for that, and you're like, oh, I, I want, I want to see the Leafs against the best pop- possible opposition. I mean, you'll have to settle for them facing a very good Jets team outside of the goaltending. Goaltending has been a big part of it, though.
1: Uh, Laurent Brassois getting the start tonight. This is actually like seven like we talk about three dimensional chess. This is thirty-seventh degree dimensional chess by the Jets. It's like mm. give the Leafs an excuse right. for why they should be able to win this game I feel and they'll like this throw has up on themselves. Like I feel like no, this, this is- always happens. Jake Ottinger comes into town every year and I go, Oh, I get to see Jake Ottinger. And they're like, uh, it's actually Scott Wedgwood yeah. and somehow tonight he's better. Yeah. I mean it feels extra <laughs> bad when you lose to like the not star
0: goaltender. So yeah that that's potentially hanging over the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Anyways, Connor Hellebuck is one of the guys that I would be willing to bank on. Uh, the, the jets were smart enough to bank on him to the tune of a cap hit of North of $8 million for an extended period of time. But this was a guy that they were taking calls on in trade mm-hmm. in the off season. Nobody willing to pony up what they were looking for. Um, how many goalies would you be willing to bank on? Like we, we talk about this being such a like, a, 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 it's tough to, to to tangibly understand what makes a goaltender great and yes. what makes a goaltender reliable for the
1: long term. I think a shaman has to help you with that, actually.
0: And Sergei Bobrovsky is one of Vesna. He's been one of the best goalies in the National Hockey League, and he's been not that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he's been back to that. And he's making $10 million a year on his cap hit. There there have been guys we thought were going to be reliable and have proven not to be mm-hmm. How many goalies are there? And I'm not talking about available because none of them no, are available. You can't get them. But how many are are worth
1: that that type of commitment contractually? Okay. So can I when i when i I just want to be clear on the parameters of the question, it's like, am I happy to have that guy on the team or am I signing him to like an eight-year contract today? Like what? Like, cause I, I'll be honest. You say hell you buck. And yeah, you feel, I feel really good about Connor. Hellybuck. You, this year? I feel good about Connor. I don't like, really? why do you He's think, in- why <laughs> do you think this is going to continue to last <laughs> forever? He's 30 years old. Okay. He just had a bit of a down year for his standards. Right. Two seasons ago. So here's that. here's what I did when you, when you pose this question to me. I sorted all the goalies over the last three seasons, added up all the, well, I didn't do it. Natural Trick did it. Added up all their stats and just put, I think, minimum 5,000 minutes played. So mm-hmm. it's like guys who really have had a bulk of run here. And this surprised me. High danger save percentage. Not the be-all and end-all, but if you're going to ask me, what's an elite goaltender look like? They stop the best chances. is at least a pretty good barometer for that. I was surprised to see Buck was 12th in that. Mark among NHL goaltenders over that time. Now that's not to say mm. I'm not a believer in Hellubuck. I'm not a believer in giving a 30-year-old now the Jets had to do it. Yeah. The Jets are a different animal. I understand all this. But that's why this conversation's so hard for me, because it is such a small number. Cause even Connor Helibuck, yeah, like do I want him on the lease this year? Of course. Do I want him on the lease for the next three? Yes. Do I want him on the Leafs at 8 million bucks when he's 34 years old? The, cap, the cap's going up, cap's oh, going up, cap's I, going up. No, I heard this before, and I, I actually do believe it'll go up this time. But you know who was also a good goalie when he was 30 or 29 and it, and just managed to find it again this year after being lost in the wilderness was Martin Jones. Now, he wasn't Connor Hellybuck, mm. but that's how I these mean, guys age. Are the John Tavares is him. 31 years old. We're talking about him like he's dead. No, he's 33. Oh, sorry.
0: Um... Where's the, the real serious dip, though? I mean, last season, Connor Hellebuck had a save percentage of 9.20 in 64 games. They're
1: not at the 9.10, I think, two years ago. Which, oh, oh, no. I,
0: oh, my God. Not a 9.10, which
1: is not, above, uh, well yes, above league yes. average. But I'm just talking about what you've seen from him. Mm-hmm. If you. Uh, this isn't to say I don't trust Connor Helyabuck. This isn't to say I no, don't want him in No, you, you're just saying you don't trust any goalie. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the number, it's got to be a mix of track record and, and age. And that group of guys is so, so small. So, I... I don't know that I'm there with Swayman, but he's a guy who I think is interesting. Demko, for sure. Mm -hmm. Like, Thatcher, Demko, yes. I've seen it. There's a track record there. I just saw it the other night. I know the Leafs put four past him, but I just saw it. He's at the right age. I feel good about a guy like that. UC Soros. I think he's played on structurally sound teams, but not great one. Proven to be able to do it. I'm willing to invest in that. But... You know, Jake Ottinger, he is another guy who I absolutely am throwing in that. But age is such a big factor. You know, Jake
0: Ottinger only has a 903 save percentage this season? Yeah. And like uh, Igor Shusterkin would would be on my list. He only has a 902 this season. He's been bad this year, too. And like, I I think. We're we're waiting to see what Andre Vasilevsky is coming off the surgery this year. But that's another guy where it's like, oh, you would have felt real, real good. And the the, the Lightning certainly did. Not as good Mm -mm. when, you know, they cracked the code, like shooting from the blue line on him in six games last year in the postseason. And then especially the injury that required surgery and Mm -hmm. him not quite returning to form. But that's another guy that, like, who wouldn't have put their... Everything they had organizationally into signing him to whatever he so desired and injuries were part of it too. Yep. Like th- that's unforeseen. But yeah, I think he's kind of moving out of, agreed out, outside of that conversation. To me, it's, it's, it's Hellebuck. It's Ilya Sorokin. Okay. It is still uh Shisterkin. Okay. It is still Ottinger. Okay. It is Demko. Okay. And I think that's the list. Yeah. I, you don't have sorrows? I have sorrows. Well, but I mean, in like the, a fringe. Well, the thing is, it's the age thing, too. And I guess you can make the same argument for Hellebuck because I guess, I, I guess they're the same. Soros age? 30?
1: I thought he was younger. I thought he was yeah. 28. Okay. I yeah. You could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. I'll
0: look yeah, it up right now. Yeah. I, 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 okay. Maybe like he's on the fringe. Okay. Maybe if it's like four and a half, I put sorrows in there.
1: 28 turning 29 right before the playoffs mm-hmm. for sorrows.
0: Um, but yeah, I think that's
1: a, okay. That's a, that's a good group of at least four or five. Yeah. I think I'm, I think I'm there with you. I guess just, I am, well, I guess it's just, I don't, I don't know that you're like the most brave person, but compared to me, everybody is, I'm just a scaredy cat. Like that's what, that's what this thought exercise comes down to for me here is just the idea of, I agree with you on all those guys, but it's the hell you buck thing. And right. part of it is the cap hell, quite frankly, that the Leafs and every other team in the NHL have been in throughout this time is that. The idea, I can't think of Connor Hellybuck as an $8 million goalie this year. Mm-hmm. I think of him as an $8 million goalie when he's 36 years old. Yeah, that's a tomorrow problem. Yeah, it is. It is a tomorrow problem. But I uh, And, you know, often I'm one to kick the can down the road. But I guess that was the kind of thing I ran into with this thought exercise. I am pretty much having the same group of guys that you have there. That's the only thing I would kind of quibble with is my my lack of faith in goalies once they kind of – Cross that cross that thirty year old threshold, and it's not to say you fall off a cliff. Then it's just if if you sign a guy to an eight year deal when he's twenty seven, and you got to deal with some bad years yeah. at the end of that, that's fine. But doing the hell you buck thing where he's thirty years God. old and you have the eight year deal kick in, that's the part that scares me. It's just it's and they hard. had to do it. I'm not I'm not criticizing them for it.
0: And it's har- It's just hard not to view these guys like just like even beyond what NFL running backs have become. Like that like there's not even. A Derek Henry there, like, I just... Yeah. I, I don't...
1: Yeah, well, like we, thought even we thought we like, did. That was supposed to be Derrick Henry, right? Shosturkin was supposed to be Derrick yeah, Henry. But again, look at the season he's having. That's no, below that's what I mean. Average, that's, yeah. what I, that's what I mean. But he was the a guy. Good team. He w- exactly. Even for a good team. That's the other part of it as well. Jake
0: Ottinger, same thing. I've never seen Jake yeah. like a, a goalie have the type of postseason series that that Jake uh,
1: Ottinger had a couple of years ago. But God, I just I remember. I don't think it was that series, but it was in the playoffs last year. I just remember them showing him on the like he had his mask off before the game and this would have been a 37 day story in Toronto. He was so sunburned. It was just a guy who's like, "Hey, he lives in Texas. What do you want from him?" Mm. But could you imagine it's like uh, Samsonov getting lit up and he takes his mask off and mm. it's just got like still has the white sunscreen on his nose Oh, there. that's yeah, good. Be yeah. Bad look. The glasses sunburn yeah. <laughs> is always good like the sunglasses sunburn. All right. So yeah, uh, I I think we're I think we're pretty much on the on the same page there. Here's the here's the point we're trying to hammer home. Super small club. Yeah, yeah, like uh, like Jacob Jacob, I never remember what we we're supposed to do with Markstrom there, but it's like he felt like he was in that club for yeah. five minutes, and he's out.
0: Yeah, we'll revisit this after 8 o'clock with Damian Cox, but yeah, like one of those guys, and the guy that was four and a half, UC Soros, may still be available, despite mm-hmm. the fact that the Predators are hanging around the playoff cutoff in the Western Conference. He's under contract for the rest of this year and next year at five million bucks, and might be one of those guys. Um, is that is that something Maple Leafs take a look at? All right. Um, you're risk averse. Milwaukee Bucks, not so much. They're they're taking on all the risk, mm. despite the fact that they did the damn thing. It's the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm-hmm. They won an NBA title. I mean, just like the Toronto Raptors. Like it's like unbelievable. You climb to the top of the mountain mm-hmm. as a franchise that, and the Bucks obviously have a more storied history than the Toronto Raptors, but not exactly places that are destinations for free agents, right? You have a tough time attracting talent, so you have to draft and develop well. Mm-hmm. They did pretty well with Giannis. So not only did you win the title, you re-signed Giannis and And even still
1: doing exactly what you were told to do.
0: Well, okay. But that's part of the deal. If you're the Milwaukee Bucks, right? Don't disagree. Just like the Edmonton Oilers are doing whatever it it takes Mm -hmm. at all times, no matter the potential PR backlash. But despite being that team, that's already climbed to the top of the mountaintop, did the thing that nobody expected them to do in re-signing Giannis and Tentacumpo, especially the executive uh, in charge of the Toronto Raptors was hopeful that they wouldn't be able to do. Um, they're not satisfied. They're 30 and 13 this season and in the first year under new head coach Adrian Griffin, former Raptors assistant, mm-hmm. they said thanks but no thanks. You're out. Their defensive numbers are abhorrent and they they brought in Doc Rivers, which is like a secondary uh conversation. But <laughs> they're kind of doing the the reverse Raptors thing cuz like and this is me extrapolating what I think is okay. the mentality of Masai Ujiri, Okay. that you built up all the equity and you did the hard thing to, to get to the top of the mountaintop. Now it's time to, like, rehab your image and be more the touchy-feely GM instead hmm. of the, 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 the cold-calculating guy that traded away the franchise icon. The Bucks got there and then they still traded Drew Holiday. Mm-hmm. Like, that guy was a huge, huge part of that. They got there And they fired the head coach that finally got there, too, in Mike Budenholzer. Mm -hmm. They got there. They're having a good record. Mm -hmm. And they still fired the first-year head coach. Do they deserve credit for being as cold and calculating as they have, considering the successes that they've already had?
1: I don't know that it's so cold and calculating as much it's just capitulating to every dream and desire that Giannis has and wants. I mean I I don't think okay, so like he's
0: probably like indicated that this is not great for him. But we know that these these star athletes, like as much as we think it's fun that hey Connor McDavid has his former junior coach yeah. in charge. They don't want the stink of, like, being in charge of the well, organization on them.
1: I don't know that that's true. I mean, this stuff is a little nebulously reported. You know, Mark Stein had some of it that Nick, that, you know, Nick Nurse was in discussions, or at least the Bucks had kind of bandied about the possibility of going that way, and Giannis didn't click with him in the first meeting, and that was at least now you can make the argument, hey, maybe Nick Nurse saw greener pastures in Philly. Maybe that is what ended up happening there, but I think Giannis had a lot of say in who the the coach was there, it was pretty clear as day. He wanted. I don't think he was saying get Drew Holiday out of here, but he was absolutely saying get Dame Lillard in here, and they capitulated and they did it. I'm sure we've all seen. And if you haven't, go go find them. The clips of his brother when he does make it into a game, it's it's disgusting. Like quite honestly, like like we we had people upset that Terry Ryan got to play in an ECHL game. Giannis' brother gets to play in the NBA sometimes and he could barely dribble, okay? Mm. And, you know, like grading on a curve for these things, but also kind of not. He kind of barely dribble, okay? So... I think it's just an organization that has the guy in place and they're kind of doing what the Clippers did. Now, the Clippers had to do this to get the guy there in Kawhi Leonard and saying, yeah, no, SGA, he stinks. We'll get rid of him for Paul George. That's definitely a trade that you would do over and over again. We'll do that. We'll do whatever it is to land you. They did it to land the guy and the Bucks are just doing it to keep him. So I understand what you're saying of it being cold and calculated, but to me, cold and calculated would have been tough, Giannis. You want Dame? I don't. I think Drew Holiday is what makes this team the best version of itself. And you know how I know that? Because we won a championship, and he was the one who threw you the lob to seal it Mm -hmm. after the steal. So that, to me, would be being cold and calculated. This is the exact opposite. Going, okay, Giannis, whatever you want. Mm -hmm. You want me to pick up your dry cleaning? We'll do that, too. And hey, it's the NBA. Like, I'm not killing him for it. I understand how this happens, but that's my read on this. It's just just complete capitulation to a star.
0: Well, and if you're going to make a Toronto comparable too, like how different are the moves and how differently is Masai Ujiri perceived if he's able to retain Kawhi Leonard and he's doing whatever he can Mm -hmm. within his powers to acquiesce to Kawhi Leonard and do whatever Kawhi Leonard wants and make sure that Kawhi Leonard's happy Mm -hmm. and make sure that Kawhi Leonard isn't, uh, enticed to yeah. to go to L. A. and and play for that Clippers team that he rebuffed in free agency, mm-hmm. the 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 moves that we've seen in the last couple of years might have been differently. It might have been different. Been different. Like, like the 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 urgency when you are a team, one of the few. Although it seems like it's growing year over year over year, and it's this year in particular, it's like wow, you can you can really look at what four or five teams that could win it all mm-hmm. this year. Definitely. But the the parameters change and the. The urgency changes when you're one of those teams, like it did for the Cavaliers in 1516, yep. when poor David Blatt was brought aboard and then sent packing uh,
1: for Ty Lue, and they ended up winning a championship. All coaches are hired to be fired. And there's no sport that that's more true than in the NBA. Like, player relationships matter in all sports. That's a big job of coaching. It's coaching at every level, but once you get to professionals and guys are making millions of dollars, it's even more important. And guess what? No star player. You can say a quarterback should have more sway, but generally speaking, they don't quarterbacks are basically middle management. Like I think it was Bomani Jones who made this point a million years ago that that's not your typical star athlete. They basically are kind of a middle manager between the front office and the rest of the team. No, no, no. In the NBA, Those guys, and rightfully so, because they're the ones who have the most outsized impact on winning. I suppose you could make the case for quarterbacks as well, but they just it's the way the league has always operated it's the way it operates right now so i'm not killing Giannis for exercising his power or anything along those lines but it's just it's the way the world works in the nba it's it, it, i mean it's happened forever with lebron mm. gm lebron gets whatever he wants and like i love lebron i have i've i, I you know i'm in this business because i love the leafs but i'm also in this business because i love arguing about lebron james okay and You know, he has had to wear being GM LeBron, rightfully so, because he struggled with that. But guess what? There's not a franchise. I won't say there's not a franchise because, like, I don't know. Well, the Heat did it. So maybe the Heat would do it again. That wouldn't say, all right, LeBron, here's the car keys. Have at it. We'll do what you want because you're so important. So Mm -hmm. that's the way I – that's my read on it.
0: Yeah, you know what Doc Rivers' postseason record is outside of his championships? I mean – this, the entire Boston tenure was really, really good. And he had a really good yes. postseason record there. But you know what it is I'm outside too. of Boston? Uh, not good. It's 500. It's 47 and 47. Hmm. And he's had plenty of opportunities to win titles with uh, some pretty darn good teams. And most recently in Philadelphia, and he's been summarily dismissed. Uh, now it's going to be up to him to lead this Bucs team back to the top of the mountain. Uh, last one before we get to the wake and Wakenreich. Hmm. Kyle Lowry. Yes. Traded yesterday. The groat from sounds yeah that does sound gross uh the miami heat trade kyle Lowry and a first round pick to the hornets for terry rogier scary terry
1: scary terry not not washington commander's receiver
0: and so kyle lowry is obviously going to be shopped at the deadline it's possible that somebody makes it work now he can't be combined with any other player in a trade just like uh, the Bruce Brown thing here in Toronto because he's been dealt so close to the deadline. How does the NBA have so many rules? They have a lot of rules. You're just lucky I'm not bringing up aprons and second aprons. No, I actually get hungry every time I hear it in the NBA pod. Yeah, okay. Um, But, yeah, he can't – they're going to try and trade him, obviously. This is a smart move by Charlotte to understand that you're horrible.
1: If I was Charlotte, I would say uh, you are now LaVar Ball. Sorry, you're LaMelo Ball's father now, (laughs) and that's your job. That's what I would actually be doing with him, to be perfectly honest.
0: Here's what's probably going to (laughs) happen, though, uh, that you're not going to have too many takers, and it's going to be hard to make the salaries work, and that Kyle Lowry's going to be a buyout candidate, Mm -hmm. and he'll have his pick of the litter. And this is a guy that – okay, he's a diminished version of himself, but – This is statistics. are still like the guy can still hit a three, but still Mm -hmm. starting for the Miami heat this season. Mm -hmm. What's the best case, worst case scenario for Raptors fans and Kyle Lowry, when it comes to his potential destination as
1: a bio candidate, I'm trying to think like, do you, I'm, you know what? I'm going to pose that question to you. Cause are you, are you hinting at you think Sixers is worst or best? No, I actually think it's best. Okay.
0: I, I think well because I can see both. I actually can see both. There's obviously the, wor- the like, worst. The worst is see both obvious. The worst is obvious. The Clippers is the worst. Mm,
1: like yeah. him, him. On I don't a- honestly. I'm just like I'm just so in the tank for Kyle that I don't think there's a worst. I actually think that's where I'm at on this. Nah, honestly,
0: I mean, if 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 you're you're seeing Kawhi and Kyle Lowry on top of a bus parading through the streets of Los
1: Angeles, I'm not watching it. I'm still happy for Kyle.
0: Um, and as much as like there's been some Joel Embiid hate yeah Out of this city and the airplane stuff. Mm-hmm. And okay. Right. He's I guess. still the
1: guy who just cried. That's all he is to me.
0: And I guess there's like maybe some residual Nick Nurse Ill yeah, feelings. Yeah, that's why I here. posed it that
1: way. Cause I do think they're like, I don't, I don't harbor any ill. It's like I got annoyed with Nick Nurse towards the tail end like everybody else. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go grab your guitar. Go yell at a ref. I, like I got annoyed like everybody else, but I don't, I i don't, I don't have that. But I definitely think there is some segment of that.
0: Yeah. And it's the Atlantic and it's the Eastern Conference. But mm-hmm. as the Raptors are indicating to us, <laughs> are <laughs> not, like, a year away from contention just here. That,
1: just watch.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I'm not of the belief that Joel Embiid has 10 more years of this. Like, it's amazing that he's been able to stay healthy, but he's already missed enough games this season that it, it feels like he might not mm-hmm. pass the 65-game threshold to be eligible for postseason or for uh, end-of-season awards this year. I just... i. I don't see this thing as like a, a long-term like, oh, man, how can we ever get over Joel Embiid and the Sixers during the Scotty Barnes era? I think, yeah, you got to – there's an impetus to win there in Philadelphia mm-hmm. more so than there even is in Milwaukee with the Bucs and they've already done it. And, and that's a hometown thing. And Now, here's the the question because if you are a bio candidate and you're Kyle Lowry, you have your pick of the litter. Mm-hmm. There is some indication that despite it being his hometown in Philadelphia, that, yeah, that, that's not – be- it yeah. Might be an Alvin situation. It might be a Ryan O'Reilly yeah. situation where yeah. it's like, That's cool, man. Like I grew up I, I grew up watching this team and yeah, my family can show up at the arena. Correct. But also my family can, can show, show up, up at, at the, the arena. arena. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't I mean it'll be interesting if he does have his pick of the litter and the Sixers show interest and yeah. he's like, No, I'm good. Like maybe I'll go back to the Raptors which I I don't, I can't see that one.
1: I mean, there's enough teams in contention that would be He's coming back. He said as much. It's the one day. It ain't now. Uh, I do wonder, I was also thinking just, you know, in terms of the contenders. Like, that's where I'm at. I guess you're right. I think there's a lot of people that would not want to see him end up a Clipper. I'm not as much there. Like, I just don't harbor... The ill will, it's just kind of weird that there's so many of them there with Norm and Kawhi and if Kyle ends up there. I also kind of wondered about the Celtics. I just want to see him somewhere where he gets to be like a true kind of big brother fatherhood figure because I think that's what I want to see most from Lowry. Like I want to see him make a big shot or two. I want to see him lift a trophy. That's what I'd like to see. So I don't really care where it happens. Yeah, quite that's, honestly, that's fine. Just
0: not in LA with the Clippers. Like, okay, I, I can't.
1: No, the, no I'll thanks. be honest. The thing that would bother me the most about that is watching James Harden be an NBA champion. Yeah, but I, I mean, also, but I also like need to see that in this world. Yeah, and
0: Lawrence Frank, Lawrence Frank, Kawhi no. Leonard, and Kyle Lowry and James Harden. Yeah, but on it, a but it's like float.
1: But it's like I feel so much worse about James Harden and Lawrence Frank than I would yeah. Kawhi and Kyle. Yeah, But they're there. Lauren. They're there. Yeah, I know. But it's like,
0: and he know. would be helping. Yeah, I guess. No, it's
1: I, I, I don't get, I really don't get as bothered by it as I think most people would. like no, I think you're icky. definitely the prevailing sentiment, but shocker, I mm-hmm. feel the other way. Yeah, I think it would be a key.
0: Time now for the wake and rake, presented by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book, Bet Local. Let's start with the Toronto Maple Leafs at home to the Winnipeg Jets who will not start the Vesna favorite Connor Hellebuck tonight, Laurent Brossois as uh, Jets and Leafs take to the ice at Who seven has a
1: o'clock. 9.23 save this year. Sportsnet <laughs> at 7 o'clock,
0: puck drop. And despite the record dispar- uh, discrepancy between these two teams, the Jets on the road are underdogs. So Now it's only slight, plus 105s. The uh, Leafs minus 128 with Ilya Samsonoff in net,
1: and the total is six, Brent. I'm going to take the over on the total. Brassois, I know I just said he's been good this year. I'm not ready to say that Samsonov is all the way back yet. I just can see this. I could see this being a 4 3 game. Easy peasy. I, I'm giving, giving me the over there. You get it minus 110 either way. I'm taking the over in this one. No, yeah, on the other, other side. side. I, I mean,
0: this is a Jets team that went like 30 plus games not allowing more than three goals in a hockey and game. Sometimes and when the damn breaks, it breaks. And I guess, and they gave up four, but one of those was an empty net, or, as you rightly pointed out. Still counts uh, against in the total. The, the Boston Bruins. Yeah, I I, I like the under, and I like, just as I like the Leafs when they are rare underdogs in a hockey game, I like the better team being an underdog. And even though it's slight, like I I like the the Jets in this game. The first game back after a road trip, always tough too. So give me the Jets at plus 105. And the uh, Vancouver Canucks hosting the St. Louis Blues in Vancouver. They are... Heavy favorites. Minus 222 are the Canucks. Blues plus 180. Total is six.
1: Let's go to your puck line. Uh, Canucks to cover. Minus one and a half. Plus 110. They're good. The Blues, not so much. So, uh, yeah, I feel good about the Canucks to win. And then if you want to get a little value, you got to go one and a half. And I feel good about that, too. Yeah,
0: I like that a lot. Uh, Vancouver has had no issue being the favorite this season. They are, uh, they've are they won 19 of those 26 Games that they have been favored in a hockey game. I like them to cover the puck line at one and a half. That was The Wake and Rake, presented by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book, Bet Local. When we come back, our lease historian, Damian Cox, is the fan. Morning show continues. Ben Annis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, the fan.